0: Hello and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan, a short-form comic book podcast where my goal is to help you find that next fantastic read or discover an old favorite. I cover comics from the golden age to now, indies, and Kickstarter campaigns. You never know what I might cover, but you will know where to find fantastic comics to read at the end of each episode. It's Wednesday, September 28th, and episode 74 of the podcast. You can consider this episode a fill-in episode, because honestly, folks, I don't have anything really ready, and tomorrow is the 75th episode, so I'm just kind of doing this by the fly, just so I have an episode put down so I can have the 75th released tomorrow, which is also the first anniversary of the podcast, and I have a special guest, and you have to tune in tomorrow to find out who the guest is. A fill-in episode is a tongue-in-cheek reference to the olden days, especially the Bronze Age, and especially Marvel Comics, would often throw in fill-in issues because the editors and writers and artists could never get their act together and were always missing deadlines. It was one of the hallmarks of the Bronze Age in the mid-70s. That sort of changed as I believe Jim Shooter came along and he kind of put the mandate down, no more late issues. Probably the most infamous one, is Avengers 150, which came out in 1976. Most of the issue is a reprint of Avengers 16 from 1965. However, the framing sequence is by Steve Englehart and marks the last run of the comic that he wrote of the Avengers. Jerry Conway would start his run. Now, if you don't know Steve Englehart and Jerry Conway, you need to. Google it. Do some research. There's my iconic Creators, they've done a lot of stuff My first example of a fill-in from Marvel comes from Fantastic Four number 180 from 1977 and this is my Fantastic Four. This is where I started loving the Fantastic Four And that's also where the play of fantastic comic fan comes into play now this run of Fantastic Four is kind of cool Because it has Thundra and the Impossible Man Tigra all running around with the Fantastic Four for several issues. And the cover is kind of cool. It has Thundra and the Impossible Man, Tigra and Metalloid the uh, robot. And there's the army. And it's a great Jack Kirby Joe Sinat issue, unfortunately. It's not that. It is a reprint of Fantastic Four number 101 from 1970 and why they picked that of all the issues I have no idea why they wanted to reprint that one and that is also a special issue because back then a lot of Fantastic Four that I got into were a Whitman variant you new readers comic books go look up Whitman variants this issue was part of those Whitman bags you would get three comics in a bag you could see the first one in the back one and then there was a middle comic and you have to carefully peel that plastic away to see exactly what that middle comic was these Whitman variants were sold at all these little stores all over the country DC had tons of Whitman's too in this case the Whitman variants found to remember is my introduction to the Fantastic Four I have often said I am a proud Bronze Age Baby. In 1977, I was 10 years old and just getting into comic books. And 1977 was also the time when there's some really cool concepts coming, especially on the way at DC Comics. DC and Marvel were putting out about 17 page books back then. Not a whole lot of comic to read. But then, DC had the giant size. And if you go back to a few episodes of Ross Aitken, my good friend for Stop, Let's Team Up. We talked about the 140-141 Manhunter story. Those comic books were 34 pages. For a 10-year-old, oh my gosh, that was a lot of comic to read. And then DC went one step further with their giant-sized dollar comics. I remember reading World's Finest and Superman Family, 80 pages, no ads, for one buck. Oh my gosh, Childhood Nirvana. Then you also had those treasury editions, especially the one I remember with Superman, not versus Spider-Man, but Wonder Woman. Oh my gosh, what great reading. I have been reading those comic books ever since. I have never lost my passion for comic books. One of the goals for the podcast is to find comic books that still bring out that passion. That maybe I can get somebody to plant the seed to read a great comic book, not just today, not just the Bronze Age, not just the Silver Age, but any age. I believe every age of comics should be read and enjoyed in the context of their times. There are some great stuff out there. As I've often said, I am the biggest cheerleader for comics. I want comic books today to survive. I want comics to thrive. I want new books to come out. With that being said... There's not a whole lot of comic books today that really excite me. And I don't know what to do about that. I think a lot of it is event fatigue where these big things happen. But really, at the end of the day, nothing happens. Nothing changes. No status quo. Not that I want big, huge changes. But I want stories to me that matter. That resonate. That actually make a difference and move the needle a little bit. And there's not that much out there right now that really does that. I had the expectation for Dark Crisis of Infinite Earths. And, you know, when the Justice Society appeared, you know, in a couple of issues, I'm like, wait a minute. The Justice Society should have been there on the very first page. Not, you know, a few issues in. But I'm quibbling. And like I said, I try to be a big cheerleader. It's just hard these days with the comic books that are being published. I hope that in the future things might change and we actually might have some stuff that's really excites me. Two comics that do excite me it's Fantastic Four. And I thought the fill-in that just came out last week with Sue in the Baxter building, I thought for a fill-in that would be kind of meh. But you know what? That was a great run. That is a great comic book right now. I can't wait to see what they bring in. Another one that I actually am enjoying is the Wally West version of The Flash. Now, Fans go back and forth. I rip with Barry, and I like Barry. There's a huge generation of fans that love Wally. And I'm like, oh my goodness, here comes Wally taking over the Flash comic book. And you know what? That's been some darn good reading. I enjoy what's going on. There are some other ones, but I have high expectations for comic books. I really want them to be great, fantastic reads, not something that you forget tomorrow. As regular listeners know, one of my niches for the podcast is I tend to only cover comic books that are available in a digital format. If it's not available in a digital, I probably won't cover it. Now, currently, there are three really good services. Well, I shouldn't say really good. There are three services that do digital. Comiscology Unlimited, Marvel Unlimited, and DC Universe Infinite are the three babies. Now, Marvel Unlimited has been around forever. And I give them credit. When they put out a trade, if it's not in the digital archives, it goes in the digital archives. And the past year, they added the rest of the Daredevil. So now you can read the whole Daredevil run, all those issues. They added the missing chunk of Defenders, which now you can read all the Defenders. Now I understand there's a lot of people who love going to comic book shops. I love going to comic book shops. I don't do print comic book stuff anymore because lots of reasons. So I only read comic books on my uh, tablet. But I've always said it shouldn't be a competition between digital and print runs. They should complement each other. Digital comic books like Marvel Unlimited offers fans an opportunity to read great runs that are hard to get or expensive to get. The whole Daredevil. Every Fantastic Four, every Avengers from the past, they're there. They do a great job of reprinting a lot of their older stuff. All the old strange tales, journey into mystery, before they became superheroes, they're there. Now, Marvel doesn't have a lot of timely stuff and really doesn't still have a lot of their Atlas Age stuff in the 50s. But overall, but overall... It's a pretty darn good service to check out Marvel Comics and sample things you haven't sampled before. Comicsology Unlimited, it's not very good anymore. Earlier in the year, they managed to mess it up with Amazon. They tried to merge Comicsology into Amazon, and it's just a bundled mess. Now, the Unlimited plan, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of comics get introduced there. It's a great way again to sample stuff that you normally wouldn't sample problem is it's hard to find out what's new what's there it's a cumbersome very hard interface to use and indie publishers they get lost down there try keying in some stuff that you like and you'll get a whole bunch of garbage and not even anything close to the comic books that you want now that leads me with dc infinite universe i probably botched that i don't want to go look it up right now I had great hopes when it was launched, and then at and bought, I had great hopes, and Discovery bought again in the spring, and I have great hopes, which have slowly been dashed. Overall, it's not a bad service. However, they don't add new stuff as often as they should. Last year, they did a lot of milestone. Hey, nothing against milestone. Love that run. But could we get some Silver Age? There's a lot of adventure comics with Legion of Superheroes. Not there. Take Action Comics, for example. On the Unlimited Service, you get Action Comics 376, and then nothing to issue 457. And then, again, nothing to issue 521. And even then, there's a lot of gaps. Now, for a while there, DC was attempting to fill in their gaps. They did a big run of Batman and Wonder Woman and Detective Comics. And since then, nothing. They have a habit of starting a series and not finishing a series. Captain Karen and his amazing zoo crew. They were putting that out. They stopped the last few issues. Another thing that they do is if there's stuff that's in a trade edition, they don't put it on the service. The last couple months, they've been making a big deal of, hey, we're adding the Secret Society of Supervillains. Isn't that great? And I'm like... Well, yeah, but it's been out for 10 years now in the digital format. Why don't you just dump the whole 17 issues right onto the surface and be done with it? You already got it in a digital format. And then I've heard the song and dance of, oh my goodness, it takes so much time and energy and yada, yada, yada. How much does it really take to do a digital comic book? Another great source, not just to read DC and Marvel, but all kinds of comics, is Hoopla. And this is where it gets my goat. They have some great stuff from DC that's on Hoopla, but not part of the DC collection. The second run of Green Arrow with Mike Grell and Danny O'Neill. I'm reading a collection right now that collates issues 90 through 106. The service only has through 93. There's a great section of World's Finest Comics. I'm reading that one. They collect issues 198 through 214, missing from the service. Another great comic I'm reading right now is called The Aquaman, Death of a Prince, where they actually killed off Aquababy, which nobody knows about anymore because it was a Bronze Age thing. That hole runs in here. Why is it not on DC's service? And not just to pick on DC, I'm also picking on Marvel, too, because there should be more Western. There should be more war. There should be more of the romance comics. People forget that Stan Goldberg, Marie Severin, oh gosh, the guys who did uh, Two Gun Kid. I forget his name offhand. Those were the things that made Marvel Marvel before the superheroes. Those people are important. Millie the Model, important. They should be part of the service to represent all that stuff. A lot of creators got their start in some of the spooky anthologies the war anthologies they should be there a great example of archiving is actually Archie comics they've been archiving Archie's girls Betty and Veronica from number one up to 300 now hey why I don't know I don't read Archie all the time But they're almost done. They've got like 360 issues, so they're like about 20 issues away. That goes all the way from the golden age to the mid-80s. Again, how much does it cost to do it? And I don't want to be picking on these services or DC or Marvel, but there's a lot of creators that should be represented. There's a lot of stuff out there that fans are missing out, and they can't easily get to it. So I hope going into the next year that Marvel and DC makes a better rep To make these other comics that aren't archived yet available and speaking of archived and I'm gonna get off that bandwagon go to comic book plus look up them comics these are all public domain comics I was just looking the other day for a post on my social media Jim Apparel's first comic book stuff is on there from Charlton Comics Charlton Comics is I call it the little comic book that could because they did all kinds of stuff all the way from the Golden Age to the present look at the comic book history Why should you read the Silver Age? Why should you read the Golden Age? Why should you read the Bronze Age? Because today's creators, that's part of the legacy of the comic books. That's where this stuff came from. And there's great stuff out there. Check them out. I'm going to wrap this episode up because it is a short-form podcast. I just wanted to talk a little bit about comic books. I hope you check in tomorrow's episode. It's going to be fantastic. And I can't wait to show you And tell you what's going to be in for the new year coming up for the second run of the stuff. It's going to be some fantastic interviews and some fantastic comics to cover. I hope you all stick around. Tune in tomorrow for that 75th first anniversary issue. Oh, and one more thing look at the show notes. We've got a link tree there. Shows you where you can listen to the podcast, follow it on social media. Please do that, folks. It's very important. I want the podcast to grow so that people can discover and find and read comics that they don't normally would read elsewhere. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you stick around for future episodes. If you like this podcast, please spread the word. Recommend it to comic fans. With this episode, I've added a link tree to the show notes, allowing you easy access to the comic fan podcasts, platforms, and social media accounts. Please follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I want the podcast to grow and introduce fans to a different way of covering comic books. Again, thanks so much for listening. See you next time.